It's been a while since we have spoken uh, with our good friend Doug Elliott, who is a lawyer with Cambridge LLP and an LGBT activist. Doug, welcome to the show. I really appreciate you being here. Thanks for having me back, Kelly. I know that I got your title wrong, so uh, or That's at least okay. I have an older title for you, uh, but I, I don't seem to have it up on the board now. If you want to just give us where you're at title-wise right now, that would be great. Yeah, well, I, that, that's quite accurate, but I was the, I'm the lead lawyer in the uh, recent class action lawsuit, and I'm also chair of EGAL's uh, Just Society Committee, which... Um, asked for this apology about a year ago now. And what we're talking about is the fact that the uh, Trudeau government issued an apology to uh, discriminated LGBT community members uh, that were discriminated. Not only uh, they were, were they public servants, but they also were, were discriminated against by the federal government. And uh, they issued an apology. There was a settlement. And you uh, were the lead lawyer on the class action suit. Congratulations, first of all, on getting your settlement. Thank you so much, Kelly. I'm very proud of it. It's the largest uh, settlement for LGBT discrimination ever anywhere. How many people were you representing? We don't know precisely how many people are still alive. There were at one time as many as 9,000 homosexuals under investigation by the RCMP. Um, We estimate that there's probably about 2,000 to 3,000 still alive. Of those, uh, about, uh, well, several hundred, hundreds of them have been in touch with us. So we think there are definitely hundreds uh, and perhaps as many as 3,000. I was shocked to learn that before 1969, homosexuality was a crime in Canada. I mean, as a Canadian who was uh, not born when it was a crime, I I mean, to me, it's mind-boggling. You know, I want to talk about the fact that you got the apology yesterday in the House of Commons. Is the government a little late with this apology? Because most Canadians like myself, we arrived. I mean, we live in a place where we can't believe that people that are in that LGBT community are discriminated against and were discriminated against like that. Yeah, I wish it had happened earlier, truly. Um, but uh, the reality is that uh, the discrimination that we've experienced, like uh, denied being denied access to marriage and things like that, um, it, it hasn't really ended completely until fairly recently. I mean, we just got trans rights in the Canadian Human Rights Act this year, as the Prime Minister pointed out. Um, so we've had to fight for a long time to get everything that we have. Uh, but look, better late than never. Uh, I really feel that uh, my my summing up of uh, the experience yesterday was that uh, sometimes justice delayed is still justice. Doug, you were in the House of Commons yesterday. You heard yeah. the apology. I mean, you are the lead lawyer in this uh, class action lawsuit. What was it like as as a gay man to hear this apology from the prime minister? Can you can you take us to how you felt at that moment? Well, first you have to realize that you're sitting up there and you're looking down on the House of Commons. You can see all of the parliamentarians, including the prime minister, and the galleries around were filled with LGBT activists. Uh, a lot of my friends, uh, like Brent Hawks and Sven Robinson, pioneers in our community. And the, when the, the House had been very fractious before the Prime Minister rose to speak on this issue, and suddenly it became completely united. 
uh, they all of the parliamentarians stood and applauded. The prime minister himself cried during, and as did several members of his caucus, when he was giving his very heartfelt apology. Um, I cried. My husband was sitting beside me. He cried, um, and all it was so wonderful to see that all of the other uh, party leaders, even Mr. Shear, who's known to be a social conservative, he stood up and apologized as well. Um, and Elizabeth May gave it just, uh, she knocked it out of the park. She was wonderful. And and yet her party wasn't even in power when all of these things were going on. So um, it, it was one of the most profoundly magical and wondrous moments of my life. I, I want you to talk, Doug, if you can, about some of the effects that uh, some of the clients that you represented and the effects on their lives that that this uh, this government and, and the fact that it was a crime to be a homosexual before 1969. And, you know, what happened to their lives? Um, people's lives were ruined. I mean, people committed suicide. Uh, people lost their jobs. They became addicted to alcohol or drugs. They ended up homeless. Um, they, a lot of my clients are suffering from PTSD. Uh, some of the lesbians that were in the army that I knew that, that they were um, sexually assaulted by superiors who told them that they, you know, they they weren't really lesbians. They just never had the real thing. Uh, it's just. It's a litany of horrors, and um, a lot of these people, um, they're still suffering, especially, you know, the young people who signed up for the army um, and were arrested and interrogated about their sexual practices when they were 19 or 20 years old, and having left home to proudly serve their country um, had to go back with their tail between their legs and have the most brutal coming out uh, you can imagine to their parents as to why they had been kicked out of the army. And many of them, you know, they feel it's a lot like being a sexual abuse victim. Mm. A lot of them had guilt. They felt that they had done something wrong, that they had done something to deserve this. And it was so powerful when the prime minister said, you know, you didn't do anything wrong. You were good people. We were wrong. You didn't let Canada down. Canada let you down. You know, they're they're going. They we've reached a class action settlement. Uh, the government is going to be, uh, you know, uh, giving a monetary settlement to people that they've wronged. Yeah. Uh, there was the apology yesterday. We hear that there's talk of a monument, Doug. Very quickly in this last minute or so, can you tell us how, where you sit on the monument and if it's important? Why is it important? The monument was uh, of fundamental importance. We just uh, opened a Holocaust monument at a cost of $9 million in, in uh, the capital, and I think that's really important for future generations to remember that horrible human rights violation. But that's something that happened in another country. Um, this history of persecution, this was made in Canada. We did this to our own people. And we did it for decades. And it wasn't by accident. This was the, de the deliberate policy of our federal government who spent hundreds of millions of dollars persecuting 
people in the most cruel way. And one of the things my clients and I personally are very concerned about is we don't want future generations of Canadians to ever forget about this because if they do, it could happen again. I mean, you just, I can tell you in the middle of our negotiations, Donald Trump decided that he was going to reinstate the ban on trans people in the military. Mm -hmm. And it scared the daylights out of my class members. They said, you know, look, if, if it can go backwards in the United States, it can go backwards in Canada. What can we do to make sure that doesn't happen? And this monument is part of that plan. Well, Doug, congratulations. Uh, this is a big win for you, uh, both in a career sense, but also in a personal sense. And I am just yeah. proud that you're a, a, a friend of the show. Thanks for being here. It's a great day for Canada and for all Canadians. Thanks, Kelly.